Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and not with me today, as he usually is, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. As of the time of this recording, it's uh, the... 4th of July weekend, Dylan is unavailable, but today I am proud to say that we have a very special guest. Uh, She has been in book clubs for as long as I've known her. She has birthed me, she has raised me. I'm welcome to the show, my mother. Mother, welcome. Thank you, Charles. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Yes, this is exciting. She's visiting for the weekend, and I just thought this would be a fun thing to do. And I know you've got a lot of notes here, but uh, yeah, it's a shame Dylan couldn't make it. But, you know, he's he's busy. It's the holidays, after all. Um, You've known Dylan for as long as I have, right? That's right. (laughs) Uh, Any... Any interesting? Uh, what was your impressions of of Dylan as a as a child while he's not here? <laughs> well, my first memories, you boys were in kindergarten together, yes, and you were very adorable, <laughs> and you hit it off right from the get go. Um, so the fact that you're at this point in your lives now warms my heart. Oh. Dylan is a great, great, great. I refer to him as a kid because he's always <laughs> going to be a little boy to me, but he's um, he's grown into a fine man, and um, I'm tickled that you guys do this together. Oh, well, that's a very lovely, very motherly thing to say. Thank you. And you heard it here, guys. We weren't lying about all this friendship stuff. It's true. Uh, so... Today, we are just going to have a light, fun conversation about books. This will be a book recommendations from my mother. I see that she has some notes here. I have no idea what book she's going to recommend. I told her they didn't strictly have to be fantasy, so I'm excited to see what she's got in the works. Let's not delay any further. Mother, would you like to give us the first book, please? I would, but before I do, I do want to say that I have been in book groups for probably over 40, no, not over 40, over 20 years, Mm. and when thinking about things to share and knowing the content of this podcast, I wanted to start with one of the books that is not typically on my books to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read it a number of years ago. The book is called The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. Mm-hmm. And I picked this one first because although not fantasy, it is considered science fiction. And mm-hmm. it was published in I think 1996, 97, and my book group read it a number of years ago. But that being said, it has stuck with me all this time. And I recommend it because not coming from a background of typically choosing fantasy or 
um, science fiction. Yeah, you're not a science fiction no. fan, typically. No, no. And this set book... out on the movie nights with sci-fi and stuff like that. So That's right. The so... fact that you're recommending this has my interest. <laughs> yeah, it completely drew me in. And that's the joy of being in book groups, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you are typically stared, to, stared towards things that you wouldn't ordinarily pick. And very seldom am I truly disappointed but this one was a real surprise to me and um it it basically is the story about um jesuits and scientists that are sent into space um and they are going to um encounter well they're in search of this other this other dimension and so it's it it does because it's Jesuits it does have kind of a religious connotation but it speaks about religion in an open tolerant way and more more than religion it really is a story of anthropology and interestingly enough Mary Doria Russell is an anthropologist so it talks about both um, you know the anthropology of both humans and aliens that they encounter when they get to their final destination. But anyway, the characters are super complex. They're likable. They're well-developed. And um, they have, you know, the human story is throughout this book. You know, there's loss, there's chance for redemption, the struggle to survive, mm-hmm. and, um, and how you um, continue to grow as a human as you as you go through your life. But anyway, um, the bottom line is at the end is that it re, you know, it goes, speaks to that age old, um, idea that, um, that the one thing you can count on is things are going to go wrong. And mm-hmm. it's the, it's not the mistakes that matter, but, um, what you avoid by learning better is one of the quotes they used. And I thought that kind of summed it up, but super surprisingly, great story and for somebody like me who's not typically in that in that genre as a top pick was and it's you know it's it's stood the test of time it's still read you know fairly you know you see it come up all the time is what i'm trying to say so anyway that was my that was my first one the sparrow by mary doria russell the sparrow uh i see there's how much of a like I see that religion is a piece of this, and that these are all um, all these diplomats, and then there's some sort of religious group that's involved. How much of a theme does religion play in the book? Is it pretty prominent? Well, you know, it it is, but it's 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 presented in a way that's open and tolerant. Mm. You know, it was the best way to describe it. That's... So, um, and it, you know, Mary Doria Russell actually was uh, brought, was raised a Catholic and Jesuit is a is a spin-off of or a derivative of Catholicism it's a group of you know Catholic um, priests mm-hmm. anyway um, she was a um, you know a practicing Catholic early in her life and uh, she became you know she she disengaged herself from the church, and when she had her first child, and she was pondering the questions of morality, and you know how she, she wanted her child, obviously, to be brought up as a, um, you know, as a, as a moral, you know, um, a morally conscious yeah, individual. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
And so um, she struggled with this. And I think, you know, this is kind of a reflection of how she actually then converted to Judaism. Mm -hmm. She felt like that was a better fit for so how she went on like a spiritual journey and tried a whole bunch of religions. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. She, um, you know, I don't know a tremendous amount about her, but I just remember, you know, in a book group, you always go back and kind of take a look at the authors and try to, um, you know, sure. Get there. Try to get there. Yeah. Their inspiration, yeah. where they're coming from. Exactly. But, um, and, and she, did I, did I mention she's an anthropologist by, by background? No, I yeah. see here it's a paleoanthropology, yeah. which yeah. according to Google is the study of the early development of anatomically modern humans. So I guess this evolution and, mm -hmm. and things like that, early stages of evolution in humanity. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So, um. The Sparrow. You know, yeah, it was. It really. It's a great. It's a great story. It's a. You know. It's really. The characters are complex. They're well. They're very. I thought they were really well developed, and 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 you grow to like and care about these people, which I really appreciate in a book. Yeah, we're <laughs> very character. You know, we prioritize character almost above all else on this show. I know well, Dylan. He'd be championing that as well yeah. if he was here. Yeah. And that, that's exciting. The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. And yeah. while you were pitching that one, it reminded me of something I wanted to say earlier. Just also, not only have you been in uh, book groups for a long time, but I remember being you know, in my room as a child and you came up to me and you were like, there's this book that I found that I think you'd like. It, it's called Harry Potter. <laughs> You know, That's you right. were one of the first people to champion. Yeah. You were the first person that ever said the words Harry Potter, at least to me. Yeah. And you were championing it right at the first book. Yeah. You were on the pulse of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys got to listen very clearly here because uh, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because I remember um, uh, we used to read to you guys at night. And, mm -hmm. and I think... Um, you guys were read to much longer than your average child would be read to. <laughs> okay. And the reason for that was, um, you know, your dad and I both come from strong backgrounds in reading and prioritizing books. And, um, and one of the best ways to kind of wind down at the end of the day, um, and from the time you were newborns, it was reading. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I hated to give that up. You know, it was just such a special time with you guys at the end of the day. And so when I stumbled upon Harry Potter before it was a thing anybody knew about, um, your dad wanted to be the one to read out loud to you guys. And um, it, at the end of the day, you know, he'd read, and you'd all ask for, can we have one more chapter? Can we have one more chapter? Yeah. And when the book was all finished, when the first book, it was only one book that was out at the time. Right. And um, I was six years old at the time. That's right. That's right. And when when the final chapter was read, I'll never forget your dad looking at me and saying, "Is there anything else by this author we could read?" <laughs> and uh, you know, it was. Uh, <laughs> it, was it was a little glimpse into the 
into the times to come with yeah. good old Harry Potter. And over the years, I mean, I remember going to the Barnes and Noble, you know, midnight release of the next book. Do you remember doing that? Yeah. I would take you and we'd yeah, have to dress up and they'd parties. have prizes. There were big productions at Barnes big. and Noble. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, we got to meet J.K. Rowling at a book signing way, yeah. way back in yeah. like 99 or 2000 or something like that. Yeah, I think our first couple of hardback I don't know at what point she was in the writing the of them when we first met her. First three, I think, first three. we have signed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, originals. Yeah. Awesome. So what's the next book you have uh, cooking? Well, let's see. Which one? <laughs> I think the the next one that I really... It's a little more recent read for me. Mm -hmm. I think I read it maybe a year ago. It's called The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. B-O-Y-N-E. The Heart's Invisible Furies. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's a story that takes place in Ireland from the early, well, from the 1940s through the present. And it's, um, and the story is told through the eyes of one man. Um, and basically, the story is about the redemptive, redemptive power of the human spirit. Hmm. And it's a very emotional read. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not into that, you probably won't yeah. love it. But this book made me both laugh and cry. I was completely invested in the characters. It was so well written. And the characters are just such eclectic group. And I was really sorry when the story was over. Oh. So that's why I recommend that one. It's oh. about 582 pages, but don't be don't be deterred by that. By fantasy standards, that's not so bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Good, good, good. It's long, but, but not impossible. I, that was just a book that left my heart singing, you know, wow. and it really... Um, I don't know. It just I was sorry when I was sorry when it was over. Wow. That's well, why I recommend that one. That's good. I know Dylan particularly loves going through emotional turmoil when he's reading a story, so <laughs> um, I think he would enjoy that. He's been trying to get me to read a story that will have me sobbing for a long time. So well, as soon as he finds it. out about this, he's uh, you know, he's he better Gonna jump be pushing on it. it. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend so it. So it, it's a work of fiction, but it's not sci-fi or fantasy, right? It's no, just a recent no. read right. of right. fiction that was that spoke very strongly. Yep. Oh, very cool. Yep. Yep. Yes. So, and it, I, I liked it because it, you know, it had, uh, it did start out in Ireland, and I'm always, you know, my my heritage is half Irish, so. I oh, which leads me to the to the other book that mm -hmm. kind of piggybacked off of this one, sure. and, it, and it's a true story, and it's called "Say Nothing," a true story of modern no of murder and mystery in Northern Ireland, and that's written by Patrick Radden Keefe. Got it. And it and why I I'm mentioning this one right after that one, both Ireland stories, but this one, I mean, based in Ireland, but um. This one taught me a lot. Um, you know, I grew up in the era where there was that bitter conflict in Northern, Northern Ireland. Yeah. And it always was like a backdrop. And at one point, I don't know if you know this, but you might remember it. I was on the no-fly list. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And it was somebody that had my name in Northern Ireland. That's part of the IRA. <laughs> yeah. And for years, we couldn't go anywhere. We'd be all as a family, and they'd pull me out of the yeah. line. 
yeah. I'd have to go and prove I wasn't this other Rosemary McLaughlin. Yeah. It was nuts. But anyway, so this book I recommend because um, if you want a true story, true crime, true whatever, it starts in 1969 and it takes you right through the Good Friday Agreement of 1998. Okay. And it's done with like this intimate storytelling. There's a mother. The story opens up. A mother, Jean McConville. And she's forcibly taken in 1972. Mm -hmm. She's accused of being a paid informant for the British Army. Mm -hmm. And they, um, to this day, of course, hold the IRA responsible for her, her disappearance. But the story is, you know, it's like this intimate storytelling based on her being abducted. Mm -hmm. And it takes you right through. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's riveting. It's a very good read. Wow. So, I see that the author, Patrick Radden Keefe, is a staff writer at the New Yorker and has also written in the New York Times Magazine and a bunch of other notori important <laughs> works of, you know, yeah. what's the word? Yeah. Magazines that are prestigious, you know, right. taken seriously. You need right. to do a lot of research to be able to publish an article. So it speaks to. Well, the book the did story. read the National Book Award. I think it was a finalist. I don't know that it mm -hmm. won necessarily. And it was also a National Book Critic Circle pick. It mm -hmm. was it was nominated for a lot of things. Ah. And I don't know. Does it say what year it was? It was relatively recently. Uh, yeah, it I was believe a, it does. Let me, uh, published in 2019. Okay. So, so those are my Who Irish doesn't books. love a good true crime story? That's, That's right. Say Nothing by Patrick Redden Keefe. And then we were talking about... The Heart's Invisible Theories by John Boeing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the emotional one. Yes. The emotional um, one and then the true, true crime story. One. Right. Right. Great. Kind of riveting. And <laughs> and you learn a lot. You know, if you're if you ever had any questions about that period of time, you know, and uh, it really did overshadow world news and and mm. in, in tons of ways during that that period of nineteen it was 69 to 1998. So yeah. quite a few years. Mm -hmm. Quite a few years. Indeed. So, so, where are we going next? What is the next recommendation? Well, that we I have? thought we'd talk a little bit about women's literature. <laughs> Great because idea. In a, yeah, in a book group, um, the 2020 Women's Prize for Fiction was a book called Hamnet, H A M N E T, written by Maggie O'Farrell. Hmm. Yep. And um, the fascinating thing about the, well, there's a lot of fascinating things about the story, but not the least of which is it focuses on the Black Death of the 1500s. And so with the current pandemic, it was kind of like, um, ah, this is a timely read. I I'm see. sure the author didn't intend for that, but right. it, it just happened to be. It published in March 2020, so there's yeah. no way it could Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's really quite an imaginative work of historical fiction. So if you look about Maggie O'Farrell and and you look back about why you know she wanted to write this story, um, she was always fascinated by... Um, uh, Shakespeare's youngest son, who factually did die at the age of 11, but there's not a lot known about it. So she kind of created this story around it. Mm -hmm. And it really talks about, um, it, it's a really, it's really quite deep and um, very lyrical. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. oh, it's, 
it's it's so it was you, a, it's inspired by Shakespeare in the way that it's both the subject and how it's written. Yes, yes, right. and so you know you can't say it's factual because nobody knows a lot. It's it kind of she wanted to go back and kind of make a story about right. and filling in the blanks. It's and historical in, fiction, mm-hmm, and in doing that, um, she she tells a. A, a really very moving, heartfelt. You learn a lot about um, Shakespeare's wife, and um, and what it's, you know, it, the unthinkable of losing a child, mm-hmm. and how you have to go on after having, you know, a, the mo- one of the. I can't think of a worse thing to yeah. happen to you in life. So anyway, it's done so. It's written so beautifully, and it's so. Uh, you know, to say it's heartfelt is kind of like lame, but that's what that's what it is. Right. And so that's why I recommend that. So is it Shakespeare was... like a character in this? Yes, story? yes, he is. But mm. she never calls him Shakespeare ever. Oh. She never calls him. Is that. William? Uh, yes, I think he goes by William. And okay. um, and and it's fascinating because you meet him as a young boy and how he falls in love with. Um, with his real, you know, she uses the name of Shakespeare's real wife, and she's an interesting character, and you, and it really is more about her. Well, I shouldn't say more. It's probably equally about her as it is about. Right, they're both main characters. Yeah, but he's almost secondary. But he's oh. like a he's like a great supporting character gotcha. in this book. I would give him. That's the, kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's. I would give him best supporting, supporting role. And it just, and it ends in a way that the story ends so beautifully mm. that you're, you're kind of, your heart is just really warmed at the end because it's, like I said, you know, nothing's, you know, the unthinkable of losing a child. And so right. for it to end on such a, a beautiful note. Right. Um, and like I said, it won the 2020 Women's Prize for Fiction. Right. I also have a list of awards here. New York Times Notable Book for 2020. Then it was the best book of 2020 in The Guardian, The Financial Times, Literary mm-hmm. Hub, NPR. Mm-hmm. So it definitely yeah. Yeah. was a very well praised by critics. And so to piggyback with that is another true story that has to do mm. with women called The Woman Who Smashed Code, a true story of love, spies, and the unlikely heroine who outwitted America. Oh, the woman who smashed codes. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Boy, that was a that was riveting and you know, had me <laughs> you couldn't put it it's like up all night trying to get to the nice. to the finish line with this one. It was really um, <laughs> I thought I silenced this. I'm sorry about the dinging. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. First first podcast you know you gotta learn things yeah. like muting the never done and a podcast and might are... i add at this point i'm a huge fan of podcasts yeah that's true i think they serve an incredible <laughs> role and benefit yeah and well, anybody it's... who doesn't listen to podcasts is missing out it's true it's a very um fast growing medium and it has been for a long time and can i tell you i've been doing this for years too listening to podcasts so imagine my surprise and delight (laughs) when you started your very own i know well thank you uh... and it's so well done 
I'm just <laughs> no shame. I have I, no shame. It's it's well, a great podcast you boys are doing. It's an endorsement from my mother, everybody. Absolutely. So that's how you know it's good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so okay. yeah, we got the phone on sign. We are sitting at my kitchen table, by the way. So there might be all kinds of noises and activities going on. But that's <laughs> no worries. It's uh, you know, it's the Fourth of July. It's the Fourth of July. We're making it work, and it adds to the charm. I think absolutely. And uh, we are talking the woman who smashed codes mm-hmm. by Jason Fagone, and uh, yeah, I see the author here is like a columnist in science, sports, and culture for all kinds of popular magazines. Wired, GQ, Esquire, New York Times Magazine, The Atlantic, Philadelphia. So um, an accomplished sports writer that has gone on to write a... Is it like a spy? Yes, it is. It's all about being a spy. You learn a lot about being Mm -hmm. a spy. There you go. And during World War II. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. So it's kind of like that movie, well, the one where the guy cracks the codes in uh, in England. You know the mm, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> it was a oh gosh, sorry everybody, but it was a World War II movie where the guy was it like a beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's coming to me. World what War was II, it? and it was with that actor. <laughs> with that actor. Yeah. <laughs> Know that actor? Yeah, World War Two Code Breaker movie. Uh, I'll think about it and I'll. It'll come to us. I'll say it when I figure it out. I'm gonna Google furiously while you tell me about the woman who smashed codes. Yeah, it was. Um, it you know I don't. Oh, the I Imitation don't... Game. Yeah, imitation yeah. Game. I don't like. I don't like. Um, to be, I don't like scary things. I don't like violence. I don't like so. It, I was as I'm reading it, I'm almost afraid, you know, because yeah, oh no, is yeah. this going to be violent? Is this going to be scary? And it what there was there was a lot, um, but that's but that's me saying that the mm. person that can't tolerate a drop of it, right? So, um, but it wasn't so bad that I didn't want to know the story. And she was amazing. She was, I mean, it was. You know, and it's totally out of the realm of anything that I would ever know about. So it was, you know, it was educational. It was, it was good. And I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, maybe it wasn't you I took. No, you would have been on your own. But they had downtown Manhattan, they had um, a spy exhibit. Oh, no, I've never been. It was a moving. It's it's one of those things where it right, moved through right. town. It was only there it's for a limited enga- engagement. Mm. And um, you got to see all kinds of spy mm. equipment right. and and read spy stories, little spy blurbs. Spy history over yeah, the years. Yeah, spy history, yeah. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, and what makes a spy a good uh, spy. Right. Yeah. And she was a very good spy. Oh, she was real. And the things that she would do, yikes. Interesting. Oh man, she was fearless. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of this person. What's the name of this? Yeah, what's the woman's name? Yeah, the woman's name. Oh my name. gosh, what was her name? Oh, Elizabeth Smith. Yes. Never heard of her, but it uh, sounds like a really interesting story. I mean, I remember we watched the Imitation Game together. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I so wonder, what year did that come out? That was the Imitation a long time Game ago. was 2015. I, I thought it was longer than that. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So People that's, sneeze. Uh, six, 
years ago. Um, yeah, but uh, it's a another movie. But this was about um, a guy who was gay that was cracking the code, and uh, he broke the code. But then the UK tried to, you know, bury him in history, and it was an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what the comparisons are, and if they were working at the same time. I guess they were, but you know, she's in the U.S. and he was in the U.K. So, hmm. ah, well, I'm, I'm looking to see if there was anything. Very interesting. Uh, always love a good spy novel and historical novel, and World yeah. War Two. Always an exciting time. So we have time for a few more books here we do so what's what's next on the list let's see oh i know one i really liked it was called it's called pachinko pachinko by min jin lee okay pachinko Mm -hmm. book it was written in 2017 Mm -hmm. and it's a historical family saga set in korea and japan through the 20th century and it follows four generations of a, uh, a Korean family through the political turmoil of the Japanese colonization. And so this was another one of a period of time that I wasn't, you know, I mean, you know, you read about it in history books or whatever, but I didn't know a lot about it. And it was super fascinating with really great characterizations again. Um, it, um, it takes you to another place in time and provide you with this learning experience mm-hmm. of the whole Japanese occupation of Korea from 1910 through World War II mm-hmm. and all the, you know, the backdrop with the family sacrifices and the resilience, you know, um, right. that, you know, that's required and, you know, the outcome of choices that you make. It's a long book. But it is fascinating and it is engrossing. And then you look at what, you know, then you go, hmm, why did she name the book Pachinko? Yeah. And do you know what a pachinko is? Yeah, it's like a, it's a game that you gamble on. Exactly. It's a cross between like a, and I didn't know this. When I was reading the book, I had to go back and look because yeah. I was I don't fascinated. know how to play or anything, but no, I've no. seen it. And they've and got I pictures of it. Know of it, yeah. People playing it. It's cross between a slot machine and a pinball machine, and there is gambling involved. Right. So, um, you know, this family, this is what they did. You know, um, this was their their livelihood. They ran uh, pachinko halls or whatever they called them, and uh, but you know, if you want to have an idea of what it was like to be a Korean family when all this was going on, all this turmoil, uh, this book did a phenomenal job of that. You know, uh-huh. it was uh, so well written. And like I said, it takes you to a place in time, you know, that I didn't know anything about other than sure. know that it happened. Uh-huh. So that was, that's why I, rec- I recommended that uh-huh. one. That's another one that, you know, yeah, kind Min, of stuck with the me. author Min Jin Lee seems like a really interesting individual. She, you know, went to Yale, was very successful there, then Georgetown, and was a lawyer in New York mm-hmm. before moving to Korea to research and write this book for four years. Yeah. Oh, she actually she lived in Tokyo and and wrote Pachinko, and okay. then um, 
she lives in New York now. So she seems like a very, you know, smart, accomplished author who did like four years of research. So yeah, I'm sure it's super, super, super. Um, like I said, like if you're into like any kind of a saga where you really want to be engrossed for how many pages? It's like, is it a oh, 600 no page read or something? Uh, I guess 496 oh, 490, pages, yeah. according to Goodreads. Yeah. The Kindle edition. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't realize how much you like historical fiction. <laughs> well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I read a lot of, you know, not such literary right? <laughs> works just to... You know, just to entertain myself. But, you know, when you're involved in a book group, you want to have something that, you know... Right, award-winning literature. Well, just something that's good for discussion, you know? And all of these books that I've recommended here today are excellent books for discussion. Mm -hmm. Were Um, a lot of these book group books? All of these were book group ah, books. There you go. I didn't share any of my fluff. Anybody can go to the <laughs> summer summer beach read section and you know and pick out <laughs> books like that. We but like fluff the, here. books that stay with me, books that spoke to me, huh? books that really impacted me are the sure? ones that I am sharing with you here. T- uh, nice today for a long career of reading. So you know these mm-hmm. are the highlights. Yeah, these are the ones that, you know, I've taken, except for The Sparrow, I read that a long time ago, but all these others, you know, and I have, I haven't, you know, there's there's quite a few others that, did I mention Say Nothing? Uh, Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah, Say Nothing was the other, oh yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yes, you did. But the other thing I could mention that's a little off, um, of the books I've been talking about mm-hmm. is a book called Why They Stay. Why They Stay. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the author is in my book group, oh. Anne Mashad. And that book has recently been revised um, uh, as of within the last couple months. The second edition of that book has come out. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, sh- uh she writes about political wives and why they stayed with their spouses. Ah. Um, because we all know there's tabloid information about oh. almost every president, almost about it's mostly political figures. I think they're all political figures, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it says political they wives. Are. Yeah, political. That's what it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did she include anybody else that wasn't political? But no, they were all, and they're all nine they are, political wives profiled in the mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, she did a great job with the research. It was, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a really, um, it's a. I I don't know exactly how to explain it. It's. She, like I said, she did a great job with the research. and. Um, oh, yeah. And I see the author, Anne Michaud, is a political journalist. She's a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. She's uh, won more than 25 writing and reporting awards, including columnist of the year by New York News Publishers Association. I mean, it just goes on. And she's written in everything. L.A. Times, Boston Globe, Newsday, Newsweek. It just keeps going so um and she's a member of one of my book groups nice. and a lovely person 
Nice. That's so, exciting. In addition to all her, <laughs> you know, professional accolades. Nice. You got the connect. So I figured, you know, you're asking me. So books did, I would recommend. Was, I would recommend that. Did did they read her own book in the book club? Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. We read her book. Yep. Nice. Yeah, we and read what her was book. it like doing a discussing a book with the author in the room? Was it well? Good thing we all liked it. Yeah, that's true. You know that helped. Yeah, so, that helps. Yeah, it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you know she, like I said, she researches it beautifully, and she's a great writer. It was an informative read. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you have any kind of interest in political slash women's and you know issues, sure, it's it's the perfect read. Wow. So, um, yeah. Uh, Why they stay? Yeah. By Anne Michaud. She documents all her sources and everything's footnoted. Um, oh yeah, I mean she's an experienced, award-winning political journalist, yeah. so I'm sure she's got all her. Ducks in a row, research-wise. And the nice thing is, uh, it just came out in a revised form, and she added Ivanka, not Ivanka. Oh, Melania? Melania Trump, yeah. Ah, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So, if you're interested in the the behind-the-scenes... So she's story there. Keep updating it as the scandals roll in, I guess. I guess. I guess. Hmm. But anyway, she... Um, Interesting. And are there, like, no need to spoil anything, but did she, was she able to make some interesting connections across these nine individuals? Absolutely. There's, I, won't, I won't spoil or alert mm-hmm. it, but she has, um, she definitely has uh, a theory that connects it all. And that's yes. what really makes the book, you know, come together and makes the book you know, um, notable in my opinion is that she does do that. So, and I won't spoil does it for you. To anyone theory? else besides like political people, does she get like psychologists involved or something like that? Doctors? Uh, no, I don't think. You know, I can't remember mm-hmm. off the top of my head how okay. what her what her sources are. Yes. That would be a good but thing. I'm to sure know, she'll right? cite them when she does. Oh, she absolutely does. She has footnotes throughout it. I, I know her as a person, so yeah. I was trusting, yeah. you know. Yeah, sure. But yes, I'm sure she... Um, and the nine couples that she has are Eleanor and FDR, Jackie and JFK, Hillary and Bill Clinton, Wendy and David um, Vitter, Styler, St- Style, Dow Wall, and Elliot Spitzer, mm-hmm. and Huma Aberdeen and Anthony Weiner. And, yeah. But she goes way back, too. She takes some from out of the country, like Jeremy Thorpe from Britain. Mm. And um, so anyway, some of them were rising political uh, stars and then scandals right. got I'm them into sure, hot water. Um, yeah, I'm sure Dylan, as a um, studying uh, PhD candidate in psychology would be very interested in the question why they stay yeah and would get a kick out of it yeah um, so we'll keep that one in mind for him if he's listening you should write this one down why they stay and Michelle I mm-hmm. think we have time for at least one more no kidding yeah let's see what should I, I mean do? how far have we gone in your notes so we've far? done pretty good okay. I mean you know there's um I don't know. 
There's a couple. Um, Iron Lake was a good one. Iron Lake? Yeah. And I believe, um, let me go back and see. Uh, the author? Yeah. William Kent Kruger? Yeah. Okay. And there's something there's something significant about him that it's escaping me right this minute. <laughs> did he recently did he recently die? I have no idea. He's a prolific author himself. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know what? I think it was a, this was a series of books. This is a mystery. This is a mystery. Okay. And he, he meaning the author, William Ken Kruger, joined the ranks of today's best suspense novelist with this thrilling and universally acclaimed debut. So mm-hmm. that's what this book was. And he's still alive. He's 70 okay. years old. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And the thing about this was this uh, spun off into a series. So um, if you like this one. Yeah, it says Cork O'Connor number one. I'm sorry? The, yes. The series is called Cork okay. O'Connor, which I guess is one of the characters. Yep. Suspense novelists. Okay. Uh, so this is your first like thriller <laughs> book that you're recommending today, right. right? So I figured we'd... Because the other author I love for suspense is Louise Penny. Okay. I love her books. But anyway, in our book group, we did read Iron Lake, and it was, um, it was, it was, it was, it was a good story. Now... But Louise Penny I'm... happens to be one of my favorite. Uh-huh. Um, Before we talk about Louise Penny and yeah. Iron Lake, Car- Cork O'Connor, I, do you, I know you enjoy a good murder mystery every now and then, but you had even mentioned earlier that sometimes you get nervous that a book's going to be too intense. Yeah, this one is not. It, so it was able to be suspenseful and right. thrilling, but it didn't you know, right. turn you off didn't with any of its off. action exactly. or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And that's Iron Lake by Cork O'Connor. Uh, no, Iron no. Lake by William Kent Kruger. The yeah. series is called Cork O'Connor. It's the first book. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. But, and then Louise Penny. Yeah, Louise Penny, if we're talking about. Sure. Um, oh, my goodness. The research that she does before she picks the the kind of topic that the you learn so much in her books. Uh-huh. And... So they're thriller yep, mystery they're books. They're that mysteries. Are they're smart. Researched. They're super okay. smart, in my opinion. And the characters are so well done that you look forward to her next book coming out because you get to visit mm. with these people again. Mm-hmm. And she has an uncanny ability to um, surround the story. You know, whatever the story, the mis- the mystery is going to be, where you learn a ton of stuff. Like her research mm-hmm. to do the story is incredible, and yet um, the characters move on and develop as the books um, progress. Okay. And like I said, it's it's like getting together with people you've you've missed. Yeah. You know, and and you're you can hardly wait. You know, so it's know. like she's written a series of oh, books yeah, with the same characters yes, and they grow they, and change. Yeah, and... they keep they take place in this uh, fictitious town. I believe it's in Quebec. Okay. Um, they're set in. So the first book would be Still Life? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's and if you want if you're interested in listening to a story, mm. um listening to the books. This is the one series I listen to because the um, 
the reader has won every award for audible book oh, you know I, I apparently there's a whole um, I don't know what you call it but you know how you have Tony Awards for oh, yeah, yeah, plays yeah, yeah. and Oscars for this movies. This is an award-winning well, yeah, narrator. Yes, yes, award-winning narrator, mm-hmm. and he's and I I associate him now. I want him to tell me the story and only narrated him. Narrated by Ralph Kosham, C O S H A. Well, is that the most recent one? Because uh, what happened was the original one died. Release date, two thousand fourteen. I don't know. I, I forget at what point in the series the uh, award-winning narrator died, but mm. I, it was like losing a member of my family. I'm oh, like, no. oh, no. Yeah, Ralph Kosham died in 2014. Okay. British-born American film stage and voice actor and book narrator. Yeah, it's probably him because he, he's got the credit for the first book. Yeah. And the person they replaced him with, although it took me a book or two to, you know, to... Several works awarded Audio Best of the Year by Publishers Weekly. What, what, what Publishers was it? Weekly, Audio Best of the Year was yeah, the award that yeah. he won. And then the new narrator that's taken over is really good. They went to a lot of, you know, trouble to pick just the right yeah. person to replace him. And I have to say, I wasn't that far into... The first book he narrated, that I was I was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought, good job, nice, good job. You've re- nice. you know it's unfortunate. Big shoes to fill, but yeah, exactly, good job. exactly. But nice. well done. It's well an audio book recommendation for Still yeah. Life by Louise Penny. Yeah, if you want, um, if you want to be able to. Uh, just enjoy an audiobook. Now, yeah. We're big audiobook fans well, here. Well, I would highly recommend this series as an as an audio. Nice. And it's a thriller? Um, or it's like a mystery? No, I would not call them thrillers. I would call them... Um, mystery? Intellectual mysteries. Intellectual mysteries. I really would. Fancy. I think they're smart. I Me think too. they're super smart. Historical fiction, intellectual fantasy. We get it. We get it. It's you smart. learn a lot <laughs> when you, you know, she'll delve into a into a storyline that, you know, by the time the mystery's over, you really understand a lot about the storyline in addition to the mystery. Um, mm-hmm. Smart. Yes. Very smart. Well-researched mystery novel mm-hmm. series and she's won a lot of awards too i think right she's uh, she's won edgar awards louise and penny won, yeah that's that's the award number one for... new york times best-selling author numerous awards yeah including the cwa dagger and the agatha award five times okay. yeah edgar award for best novel yeah first novel is the edgar award yeah she's won all the mystery that's awesome awards all right. And the murders are never, you know, gruesome or... I mean, you know what they are. Did you ever but, solve one of the mysteries before the reveal? You know... No. That's <laughs> that's a good question. Because, you know, somebody who's written that many, they can become formulaic. You formula, can understand formula, their formula, formula over their time. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you do not get that. You know what? Now that you say that, that's what makes her amazing. <laughs> the the because with mysteries, there's a lot of pressure to deliver on mm-hmm. the like mm-hmm. reveal and the payoff. And some people experience with mystery stories can sometimes puzzle it out. It's like The Office where. Dwight's like, I'm going for the person I most medium suspect yeah. because there's the person that's like obviously super suspicious, but is like yeah. the red herring yeah, and exactly. the people that are too innocent. So, yeah, <laughs> no, she does not do any of those annoying things at all. Right. Now that, you know, I never thought of it like that, but like Scooby-Doo where you can figure out <laughs> yeah. who the person is, but that's, you know, a show for kids that has like a hundred episodes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just fill in that blank. Mm hmm. No, well, that's exciting. No, that's what ma- I think. That's what makes her so special. Now that yeah. I'm, there's some authors that we've read like that where it's like such a hard thing to do, but when they can pay off like twists and reveals or mm-hmm. you know mystery resolutions really well, that's a that's a reading experience that is just incredible. Anytime you can get it, so still life. There and then go. of course there's always the book that has the movie. You know, yeah. the book and the movie. And that was one I read this year. The News of News of the World. Is the book? Yeah, it's the name of the book. We're talking about a new book, News yeah, of the World. And you know who starred in it? Tom Hanks. Oh, I've seen the trailer. This was like yeah. a movie that came out like right at the beginning of the shutdown and like yes. was lost to time. I don't even yeah. know where to watch this thing. I have not watched the movie yet, but the book was very good. And it's this, and this is a quick story. It's not that long, but um, it says two hundred and the author is pages. Paulette so. Giles, I guess. Yes, the author. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. In the aftermath of the Civil War, an aging itinerant news reader, which was so fascinating. That's how people got the news. Hmm. They travel throughout these. Um, areas and read the local news to people. Right, and then they like get that. tipped. Yep. Well, anyway, he agrees to transport a young captive of the Kiowa Indian tribe back to her people. Mm. And it's a morally, they describe it as morally complex, multi-layered novel of Mm. historical fiction. We love moral complexity here. Yep. 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 A lot of our favorite authors explore the same It explores the boundaries of family, responsibility, honor, and trust. Wow. Yep. Those are some big themes. Those are some big ones. And now you've got Tom Hanks. And now you get movie. Tom Hanks. Yep. Wow. That's exciting. Yep. I gotta check out I gotta see what happened to that movie. <laughs> here's a here's a nice quote. It says, Maybe life is just carrying news, surviving to carry the news. Maybe we have just one message and it is delivered to us when we are born and we're never sure what it says. It may have nothing to do with us personally, but it must be carried by hand through a life all the way and at the end handed over, sealed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was it was it was very it was a very good story. Good story. Wow. I think actually I mean, that, that movie is um I think it's streaming on Netflix. Is it streaming on Netflix? I don't there quote me on that. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. And Tom Hanks, he had the appearance of wisdom and age and authority, which is why his readings were popular and the reason why um, the dime 
rang into his coffee can. That's how he would collect his money. Oh. They'd have a coffee. Well, and then the um, the girl that he is transporting um, has to, you know, stop along the way because he's still doing his job and he's got her. And at one point, she's in charge of his coffee can. Anyway, uh, cool. I, I haven't thought about this book. I, I read it maybe a year ago. Mm. And as I think about it, I'm remembering just how much I did like it. Wow. Well, it's not streaming on Netflix as of right now in the U.S., but, you know, it is available to rent. So maybe we'll check uh, it out. Yeah. But Or read the book and wait for it to stream. Book. That's right. In the meantime. That's right. But I don't know. Tom Hanks. He's fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we've done it several yeah, we... book recommendations from my mother this mm -hmm. was a lot of fun and we got to break the mold a little bit we had some historical fiction some book club books some thrillers science fiction all these good things and you know it's uh, the morning of fourth uh, of july so we're gonna go prepare for our barbecue now we're gonna have some people over it's gonna be a good time but uh, mother, thank you for being on the show, for filling in for Dylan. Big shoes to fill, much like that audiobook narrator. But uh, you did a fantastic job, and I'm excited to share this and your recommendations with the people. So, well, thank you for having me. Mom. And if there's anybody's shoes that I'm happy to fill, <laughs> it would be Dylan's. Yeah. That's that's well said. I'm sure he's uh, very appreciative. I, I think I'm going to surprise him with this. I haven't told okay. him yet. Um, <laughs> when he asks, I just uh, think I'll say wait and see because I don't think you'll ever guess. But uh, he'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, so, well, I'm, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm going to go ahead and do all my outro stuff now. But thank you, thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast, or I guess Family Talking Fantasy today. Uh, my name is Charles, and filling in for Dylan was my mother. If you like what you heard today, reach out to us on Twitter at the FTF Podcast, remember one at the end, or on Instagram at the FTF Podcast. And if you want to listen to the show even further beyond social media, and you just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to fill in for Dylan's portion here and I'm going to say toss five stars to our podcast, guys. Just search for the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. Hit that review. Leave five stars. If you have a little extra time, we would love if you would write some kind words down there in the review portion as well. It's always super helpful to have your support every every review matters so thank you thank you thank you and as always guys just listening is truly incredible thank you for that and uh, go forth and conquer friends